This is not a Hammer film, but you would be mistaken for thinking it was. I was under the impression it was. It isn't, but it's got Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee in it, and that's often a signifier. So, I accept it's not Hammer, but it, it does... It doesn't half look like it. This is Horror Express. Or, um... Panic on the Trans-Siberian, as it was also named. It's 1972, but you know what? It looks a lot older than that. It looks like it was made in sort of 65, late 60s, and it does fit into that kind of very, very sort of um, rules and drawing room, even though it's on a train, sort of feel, which has a very rounded feel. If we're talking about an example of, or comparing it to what Hammer were doing at this time. They'd just done Twins of Evil. They did Dracula AD 72. It came out in 72. There's the clues in the title. And you've got things like Demons of the Mind and that sort of thing. But with um, Dracula AD 72, they were really pushing to make things more urban and trying to chase the zeitgeist a bit. This is nothing like that. And it's also of note because it's um, it's a UK and um, Spanish co-production. So it's um, it's done between Benmar Productions, who made Psychomania. You know, that's more of a zeitgeisty film uh, in, in 71, and uh, Spain's Granada film. So what you've got are these two big, well-known horror actors at the top, and then quite a lot of co-stars who are European actors. However, what you don't get, which you often get with co-productions of around this sort of time, is a main actor who's speaking English and other uh, co-stars who are all dubbed or have subtitles. It's so odd. And this works really well. There are some really good performances here. The basic plot is that Christopher Lee is a, a man of science. He's Professor Sir Alexander Saxton, so you know that he's high up in society. And he's found with his team some kind of creature. It's part monkey, part man. And um, they, found, they find the creature um, frozen. So they're going to transport it for experimentation, or I don't know, maybe they're going to open a circus, I don't know. But the mode of transport they choose is to create it from um, from one place to another by train, by this Trans-Siberian train. The set, by the way, is beautiful. And there's some dispute about this, but it's thought it came from uh, the production of Nicholas and Alexander. It is a beautiful set. The whole thing's there. It's lovely. Um, and it takes place entirely in the... Um, in the train so it looks sumptuous you do have a bit of a model shot at the end that's not ideal it, it looks like they had spent most of the budget and then thought oh my word we've got that bit where it goes over the cliff mm. shall i ring hornby there's a bit of that going on but um obviously the creature is in the crate and you know there's no way that the creature will um defrost in a warm train Come on, Professor Sir Alexander Saxton. Should have realised that. You're a man of science. That is what happens. People fiddle around with the box as well. And the creature, not only is is it a, a sort of... Um, a kind of squat, kind of... Yes, monkey man kind of creature. 
I mean, it is a bloke in a suit, but they, they film it so well, and they cut away so well, that it doesn't seem so much like that, actually. And whoever's in there... Um, let me see if I can find if anybody is in there. Yes, it's Juan Olaguaville. He, he actually does some really good emotional work, so it seems... You know, you, you don't think this bloke in a suit. He's, link, he, he's really connecting with, this, with, with the character in some way. What helps, of course, is that he has hypnotic powers and one red eye, which is actually really well done. So he can make people do his will. And when the creature is killed, spoiler alert, the spirit of the creature wants to jump from one body to another. Yes. So what you've got then is a bit of Miss Marple. Creature's dead. Why are people still dying? Who is the killer? And at one point, um, you, you've kind of got stiff upper lip Englishmen, including Sir, Professor Sir Alexander Saxton. And Christopher Lee does this very well. I am completely assured. And then he, and in other films as well, when, he, when he's then shown that your mistakes have, uh, have led to the deaths of many people, he doesn't wallow in that kind of self-pity. Oh my God, how could I have done this? He sort of thinks, well, how can I get this sorted? How can we sort this out? And he and Peter Cushing, as Dr. Wells, are going to sort it out. At one point, the someone says, well, you, I'm paraphrasing, you could be the killers. And Cushing says, we're British. There is that kind of, the British will sort it out. You've also got Telly Savalas in here. More of that later on, because that's a real issue for this plot. However, that's basically the plot. There are some good performances here. I must talk about Alberto de, de Minoza as Father Pujarov, who's travelling with um, royalty and uh, with a countess, and he looks and has a character of Rasputin. But um, he has a very unsettling sort of performance. He's dubbed, uh, and it's well post-synced, actually. It's well dubbed, but he has a real charisma and a kind of quest for knowledge that you think is a little bit odd. You wouldn't want to spend too much time with him. He really does eat up the screen when he's there. The camera really likes him, and it's a really strong performance. The rest of the characters are, you know, sort of doctors and um, and the guard or the, you know, the manager on the train and uh, royalty and all that kind of thing. It is a bit Miss Marple, to be honest. You know, it is a bit murder on the Orient Express. That would be Hercule Poirot, not Miss Marple, Steve. Yes, they are different characters, but quite similar. Not when Albert Finney plays them, but, you know, there you go. Um, so that's what you've got. Towards the end of the film, they're just getting to the kind of understanding of trying to catch the killer until Savalas arrives. Now, Savalas and... He was part of the deal to make this film, it seems. He's Captain Kazan. Now, I don't know whether he's some kind of brigand with a troop of brigands. Are they called a troop? Brigands? Are they called a group of brigands? A violence of brigands? Anyway, he's with some brigands. I don't know whether he is he's gone into business for himself or whether he's part of a police chief. He's got some kind of official tunic on, but I don't know. We first see him sort of sleeping in some hay in the in the um, in the station master's box 
and they get the information as to when the, the, the train is coming and it looks to all the world as if he's going to rob it and he kind of does but not really he's taking control of the situation there is actually a really nice scene here and it's not the only one where the the um the person who is now um who has, has the monster's spirit in him i won't say who it is to spoil it does for him and all the brigands and it's really well filmed it's really quick cutting it's a bit quantum of solace if quantum if that quick cutting of quantum of solace were actually any good in my view so so it's really kind of a whirling jerky feel it's really nicely done but i don't know why he's there he's there for about what 15 minutes 20 minutes and then he's dead and they carry on sort of well well you know what was i saying before we were so rudely interrupted it's that it does look good. There are some really good performances here. You know what you're getting with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. They don't disappoint. They they rule. They 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 give real quality. They're immaculate, and so that really adds something to this film. The rest of it is quite hokey, but and you could think that, and you could kind of overlook it if it wasn't for the way the performances work. There are some really nice, gentle performances. And um, I really enjoyed this movie. And so did my friend Alan. Yes, hello, Alan. It was produced on a low budget. There's a, a feeling that um, this is all refuted by different people that came from Nixon Alexander or that the internal sets were Pancho, sets from Pancho Villa, made for $300,000, which was low at the time. And you've got those, those big three actors. So, you know, it's, um, plus you've got that trope, which is, this seems like a hammer film, which is what I thought it was for so long. And there is a, a thought that Cushing was asked to do the film and signed to do the film. And then because of the uh, recent death of his wife, thought he couldn't do the film. And Christopher Lee stepped in with him and was kind of a, a friend because they were so close a friend to him throughout that movie I presume I don't know that he had the, 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 the part written for him I don't know or maybe he took somebody else's part but they sort of talked about what was happening but or maybe he didn't step into the part maybe he stepped in to bring Cushing back in but they were such good friends and they worked so well together it's it's just so clear and lovely it's um it's better than people think i mean other people agree with me actually it, it was first released at the stigis film festival in 72 and um eugenio Marta, martin who, who uh, directed it won the critics award best script for the film so there you go it's um it didn't do well in spain did well in other places, you know. Um, as he, as as Martin said, it didn't do well for his subsequent career. But the um, the kind of hammer tropes would certainly lead to it doing better, I expect, in Britain. But um, yeah, worth a look. Looks like a hammer. Feels like a hammer. 
but with telecephalus. Weird. But good. Ta-ta.